Welcome to Dudes on Movies, a podcast where dudes talk about movies. I'm your dude, Scott. I'm your dude, Dave. And today we're discussing 1995's Before Sunrise, directed by Richard Linklater and starring Julie Delpy and Ethan Hawke. This is Listener Request Month, and this came from Xavier. He said, I love this film because it breaks away from the typical romantic comedy mold with its genuine portrayal of love. The plot unfolds from a chance meeting on a train between two college students, leading them to walk past the st- walk through the streets of Vienna, engaging in deep conversations about politics, religion, love, and past heartbreaks. Starring Ethan Hawke and Julie Delpy, the movie's relatable themes make it my ultimate go-to comfort watch. It's not just another romantic film. It's one of the few that guys genuinely enjoy. Plus, watching it gets me wishing for an encounter like this. Exploring it on our show is a must. It's a hidden cinematic gem featuring compelling characters in a unique setting. All right. Yeah. Thank um, you, Xavier. I think he's putting us out of business with that write-up. Yeah, exactly. Not not bad at all. <laughs> yeah. Um, okay. So, yeah, Dave and I love this movie. We can't wait to talk about it. Right. But before we do that, we got to talk about what we've been watching. Dave, what have you been watching? Uh, sure. Um, so I, I outdid your selection from last week of I Come in Peace by a considerable amount. Oh. Um, I watched Miami Connection from 1987. Okay, yeah, you you got me. I don't know what that is. Way, way cheaper. (laughs) Um, So, yeah. The 80s and 90s were filled with, like, um, action heroes who never were, you know? (laughs) Yes, they tried to pick someone who would be the next thing. Exactly. And many of them just didn't pan out. And and this was one of those times. Like, they would would make movies that were, like, straight to video, and... um, and it was supposed to make them a star, but then their career went a different direction. Um, in this case, it was this guy, YK Kim, who stars as a college student who plays guitar in a band full of martial arts experts. Ooh. And they're, they're called Dragon Sound. And <laughs> um, like <laughs> they, they run afoul of a drug lord and a gang of ninjas. Naturally. And... It's not a good movie, but it's a rocking good time. <laughs> That's amazing. <laughs> I watched something a little more classic. Oh, good. It's uh, 1963's The Haunting. Nice. Uh, very classic horror film, a haunted house movie. It spawned a lot of the the tropes that come with this type of movie. Um, with like the, the sound design and the visuals, just like the, the, the moody atmosphere it creates. Um, it's got a great performance by Julie Harris. She's kind of a mentally disturbed woman and she's in this house they're having an experiment to to see if they can make contact with the spirits and stuff that Mm -hmm. are in this old haunted mansion right um and it's just wonderful man it's creepy like i said the camera works amazing there's a scene when like there's a sound moving through the hallway that's outside of the bedroom that the women are in and they're watching the sound from within the room move along the wall and then it gets to the door and the camera gets to the doorknob and as the doorknob turns the camera also like turns with it it's so awesome man nice um and and it's not just like a spooky scary time it also like goes into like mental health issues and stuff like that too and um can a mentally damaged person be influenced by external forces evil supernatural or otherwise right Uh, so it's a great film everybody should check it out all right dave so now you need to give us a synopsis that beats xavier's (laughs) yes (laughs) why don't you give everyone a synopsis sure um so yeah i i I, I probably won't be able to beat xavier but um this is richard linklater and kim krasan's film about modern romance um in which two people meet on a train and fall in love 
And just like Mike Lee's films, um, it's a true collaborative effort between filmmakers, writers, and actors. Um, it's one I know that we both really enjoy, as you alluded to earlier, and we've wanted to talk about it for a long time. And thanks to Xavier, we've been given the opportunity. So let's do it. Oh, yeah, man. I remember when we first started the podcast, that's when I first watched these movies. And mm-hmm. I think I talked about them once when I, I spent the whole weekend just watching them. Yeah. All three. And I gushed so much about it. Right. And I still feel the same way about this movie and, and the other two, really. Yes. Um, but... This movie really shows like an accurate depiction of what it's like to meet someone by chance and f- make a connection with them. It's a situation not anyone's really going to get into, right? Like, this is the <laughs> fantasy, right? You meet a, a. They even talk about it in the film. Like, yeah. it's a fantasy. Oh, you meet this nice French woman on the train and then you fall in love and, you, you know, <laughs> right. then you part. Yeah, yeah, yeah. of course, right. <laughs> People meet every day. Yeah. Now, whether they whether they make this you know incredible connection like like uh, Celine and Jesse do that that's up for debate. Yeah. But like you know, um, th- there is a chance that if both people are very interesting and are both interested in each other, they could over the next however long, um, like just have a nonstop conversation where they just you know like talk about every conceivable subject and truly get to know each other. Right. Yeah. One thing I like about the film it, it makes you think like okay so what if you are like jesse and selene are perfectly open with each other from yeah. the get-go right you're not hiding anything you're speaking your mind yes you're not, you're not worrying about what the other person's going to think of you you're actually being yourself and <laughs> when that happens and there is a connection like this that's got to be true love right yeah i <laughs> like, know exactly you're, not, you're showing your full self and and what if everyone was like this when they were dating, uh, or even just or friends. just in life? I know, yeah. like at work, where you know, like if if you spoke your mind all the time, you and know? and if you don't agree, then okay, yeah, we're, I guess we're not going to be talking. But I can respectfully disagree with you. Yes, um, I, it's just a beautiful thing. I know. Um, most of the people who I've encountered who, who speak their mind at all times are real assholes. <laughs> yes, they you know? are. And I, it just, it's <laughs> never fails. And, and they, they'll always kind of like, you know, make it, uh, make you feel that, that there's some kind of hero for, for always speaking their mind and being so opinionated. And I'm always oh kind of like, well, like, okay, you have to also be considerate of others, you know, and, yeah. um, you, you can't you, just have absolute candor <laughs> all the time. Exactly. Like, yes. Yes. Yeah, it's ridiculous. Right. But um so this this movie is going to be an interesting conversation, Dave, because there's not much plot here to go over. I it's know. just a series of conversations that happens in beautiful Vienna. I was really worried about this. <laughs> yeah, I you think know? we'll be okay. We're usually yeah, okay. We we are. <laughs> um but like it's my personal favorite movie is My Dinner with Andre and and you and I have both seen it. Yes. Uh, you know, and I've always bristled at like putting it on the schedule because I I don't know how we were gonna talk about it. Yeah. Um, this one at least they go somewhere in this one. It's not just a conversation. Right. Um, but I I've always been I've always kind of dreaded this day to be honest with you. And when it went on into dudes on demand, I was like, oh crap. Okay, I know, right? Well, you know. Um. I mean, <laughs> and. I'm glad we selected it because it deserves to be talked about, obviously, and we're gonna mm-hmm. be fine. I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm not like gripping as hard as it looks right now, but you know, I think we're seasoned veterans now. We I, we can handle this type of material. I, I think so. Um, 
And there's plenty of also just background information to talk about too. And and also like the the, the episode itself is going to be a before sunrise. It's going to be part of the before <laughs> series. I mean, it's going to be us like coming making some kind of mystical connection, like more yeah. more so than we already have. Right? Yeah. Maybe this should be our only podcast, and we'll never <laughs> podcast again. <laughs> we'll meet back here in six months. Yeah. Dude. Yeah. Okay. And then nine years later, we can find out if we did or not. All right, people. All right, oh, let's get, re- get ready, get philosophical, <laughs> right. and let's let's fall in love. Yes, so. exactly. Um, so. <laughs> I mean, you know, and this one, I, I mentioned Kim Krizan earlier. Yeah. You know, um, like her her contribution here, she obviously, she, she came up with the characters. And she, you know, just like uh, collaborated with Julie Delpy and with, with Ethan Hawke and Richard Linklater also to, like, flesh out the, the script. Yeah. You know, um and 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 she was also it, it's interesting i didn't realize it until recently that she was in dazed and confused um she plays uh the civics teacher mrs yes, stroud i was about to say yep. yeah she, yeah she pats sasha jensen on the head in a patronizing <laughs> way when she tries to hit on her um she's also in waking life she was one of the philosophers that like you know uh oh, i didn't Wiggins. know she was in that yes yeah um and like it just it's a great idea for a film and it's um it shows a lot about everybody involved in it. Like what we see on screen is entirely from them and that they could come up with it, not only come up with it, but also commit it to memory and have it seem so naturalistic. Yeah. Um, just, it never ceases to impress me and, and make it interesting. Yes. Something you, know, you want to watch. A, a lot of these kinds of conversations could be pretty dry. I know. Exactly. Um, I think having the romantic through line really keeps it together yes because when you are first meeting someone new whether it's a date or like a new person at work or anywhere you know you're going to be asking questions and discussing things and not knowing what the other person is going to be how they're going to respond i know um it's it has that kind of it's not a mystery but there's Kind of like, okay, so what's going to happen when I, I say this? Right. You know, right. how are they going to respond to me? And they do have this great back and forth on every topic. And it, they don't really usually just end the conversation like, oh, that's a great thought. They like do a yes and to it. You know, they add to the conversation. Yes. They're like an improv troupe. Yes, they are. Yeah. <laughs> you know, <laughs> they're, they're very, they're cooperating with one another. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah. They both pick up the ball and, and run with it. And, and this movie, like, it really celebrates just a love of language like a novel does, you know? Um, and it's, and it's weird because like, I, I guess even though it had, it, it is so like dependent on this script. I mean, it's also important to appreciate its filmmaking flourishes um, because like mm-hmm. it's, it's really ambitious to film something on location like this. Yeah. Um, and especially a, a low budget independent movie, you know, and to set it all throughout one night. Makes it difficult because yeah. you can't just go shoot, you know, at one o'clock in the afternoon. I know you've got to do it at precise times to make it look like it's actually the evening. Yes, it's actually midnight. It's actually the sunrise. You know, right? It, it's very difficult to do that, especially. I mean, I don't know what it's like to shoot in Austria or anything like that, right. but I imagine it wasn't the easiest for these people. Like Linklater, a master of low budget. Yes, and he, he can do any budget really, but like. He, he probably had to pull some strings and figure out some interesting 
uh, ways to do stuff with this. Yes, and you also have to like even just think of just the practical matters of like you know the the costuming. I mean, you know, like like is uh, is Julie Delpy's you know like jumper? It, was there like twelve of those? Right. You know? Yeah. Um, and the, the continuity errors yes. are very risky when you do something like Absolutely. this. Absolutely. And at one point, I'm pretty sure Ethan Hawke got a haircut. He might have. And and I, and I noticed it on this viewing. I was like, oh. I didn't, you know. I didn't pick it up, but I mean, maybe. Because in the next scene, it's back to like a little longer. And I was like, oh, okay. I, hey, listen, I'm on to you, Richard. You know? <laughs> well, this, this movie's fake. Exactly. <laughs> Man. So the, the way they meet, actually, is... They're, it's a it's a chance meeting, right? They're right. on a train, and there's an old German couple arguing, <laughs> and they're sitting next to Julie Delpy, who plays Celine, and she gets up and moves to a different seat, and she sits down across from Ethan Hawke, who plays Jesse, and they kind of like look at each other, like, "Wow, what's with this couple here?" You know, and yeah. they uh, show each other what they're reading and start talking a little bit like that. He asks her if you want to go get a refreshment or something at the cart, and she agrees. Yeah. Right. So, and it's so amazing that those uh, that 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 couple who was uh, bickering so loudly, <laughs> really being assholes, um, like so that the whole train could hear their argument. Mm-hmm. Um, like, yeah, it's annoying and it's horrible to like you know sit through that and go, oh my god, these people are so rude. And then what it leads to, it's 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 the catalyst for for the whole movie, right? And for their what happens to them, right? And um, it, yeah, it, it's not only a catalyst, but it's like almost a full circle moment. Yes, this old couple who maybe they're not in love anymore; they're just a couple, right? But they were at some point, likely, you know. <laughs> yes, their love has cycled through the years and has now kickstarted this new love that's going to cycle through the years. I hadn't even and considered that. And it's just going to keep going and going Oh, my gosh. Going. Well, I, I hate the idea of them, you know, like being that, being those assholes on the train. I mean, uh, you know. I mean, I, we it, see them 20 years later. Yeah. And we yeah, know what's we, going we, on. We do. But yeah. I mean, like we have the knowledge of, know. of having seen the before trilogy. Yeah. But yeah. Um, but I mean, like I, people like, I'll just, I'll stop talking about the German couple in one second. But <laughs> but it's it's always to me, whenever I see people acting this way, um, like having open contempt for one another, so much so Ooh. that they don't even care that people are watching. Right, it's I'm like, public. I mean, you know, like you just <laughs> you, when you're an exhibitionist with your with with fighting with your spouse, mm-hmm. I'm always I'm always amazed at that, and also like deeply saddened that that you think so little of the other person that you do this, you know. Um, yeah, and it's pretty widespread. Yeah, I hate when I see it. Yeah, like can't you guys just stop? Just yeah. wait. Wait till you get home or something. For, for the sake of everyone yeah, else, like on. yeah, you, you you could you can't like you know internalize this for the next two minutes. Right. I mean. Yeah. Yeah. So it sucks. So that's that's how it all starts, everybody. Yep. From this, um, I wish I knew what they were saying. Did can you understand? Oh I know yeah, you, you that's not very. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. They, they <laughs> were when, when she slams the paper down. He tells okay. her that was unnecessary. Yes. You know, and he says it twice. And well, maybe he's right. Well, I don't he, know. he was right. I mean, yeah. she was acting like a jerk, but you know. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> anyway, so so they go to the to get some food on the rest of their train right here and hang out together, and uh, this kickstarts their whole journey. Right. They start to talk about just you know where they're from, things like that. You know, uh, and they even like kind of right away get on it, like about parents and life and stuff. And yes. How the train gives you time to think 
because you're just looking out the window and so they actually start talking about real stuff right away which is really cool yes um after they have this great conversation where they realize wow i actually really like this person i'm really feeling some kind of connection ethan hawk comes back to ask her like hey i got a crazy idea and if I don't do this, I'm going to regret it for the rest of my life. Uh, like Ingrid Bergman. And uh, you need to come off the train and spend the evening with me in Vienna. It'll be fun, you know. I'm not a psychopath, but uh, come on and do it. And if I am, you can just get on the next train. Yeah. And he's like, okay, listen, you know, you're going to be married later, like 50 years from now. And you're going to look at your husband and think, man, I hate this guy. And I wish. <laughs> and you're going to start thinking about all the other guys you could have gone out with. And all the opportunities you missed because you said no. I'm one of those guys. Right. So come off, come with me. And if it, if you you hate me, then later in life, in the future, you'll be like, oh yeah, I did hate that guy. <laughs> it's amazing. Yeah. It, it's a great offer, and and he he makes a good strong case yes, for does. her. You know, getting off the train with this, you know, like weird American. <laughs> right. Uh, you know, and like obviously, like if she hadn't had a nice. 30 minute conversation with him beforehand. She would have been like more up. Definitely. Not right. Definitely not. Guy, yeah. You know, but like what, what, what's amazing is that like, you don't realize it in the moment until they both get off the train together and they say, Oh, I, by the way, I'm Celine. Yeah. And I'm Jesse. Yeah. I love that. And you know? that's like when the movie starts, right. Actually, like, um, they ask each other's their, their, their name and then it like shows the city and stuff. And they kind of walking around a little bit. I mean, they had that deep conversation yeah. on the train with each other. They had pastries together. They, they rode the train. They, mm-hmm. they really got, uh, like had a great back and forth, like an amazing conversation that you would, you normally have with someone you've known 10 years and right. they had it after their first meeting and then they forgot to give each other their names. I know. Right. Um, I've, I've been in a situation kind of like that where, like, you just immediately, like, get sucked into something. Yeah. Not necessarily, like, a romantic thing, right? But, like, you're just so, in like, dialed into something, mm. like, maybe with another person, and you forget, like, the normal pleasantries. Oh, yeah. You, right, or, right. You, or you don't introduce yourself. You're just, like, both, like, all in on something. And it's like, oh, oh, yeah, by the way. You know, yeah, right. Hey, what's up? <laughs> yeah. Well, I guess if, if yeah, if you eschew formality, mm-hmm. um, then, then you would just, like, be totally engrossed in what you were saying and then forget the normal, like you said, pleasantries. Right. Um, which, I mean, like... It would be if the train journey had been longer. What would they have just gone on talking for another three hours without, you know, like, I, I don't know. Possibly. Yeah. Possibly without even realizing it. Yeah. Um, but yeah. And the, the, the plan is that, like, you know, he's he, you know, Jesse said he didn't have like uh, he doesn't have enough money for a hotel. So he was like his last part of the of his trip was going to be he's just going to walk around Vienna and then go to the airport in the morning. Yeah. Um, and, you know. Like, can you want to accompany me? And she goes along with it. Yep. Which is awesome. Yep. Because she's, I guess she's riding back to Paris. Yes. Um, And she's supposed to be there like the next day. Yes. She's like, I'll just, okay, yeah, I'll just take the next train then yep. after that. Okay, yep. cool. And I love how the movie's, like, this is all real playful, fun, exciting, you know? Right. And they do have a connection. We already saw that and we all felt it. Like, they actually do have some kind of connection. But we don't know, like, how strong this connection is going to become. So, like, the beginning part of this movie is all real fun and games, you know? And it's really exciting. It's like, it shows the perfect date that you would want to have, you know? Yes. <laughs> yes, of course. <laughs> um, and as time goes on, they realize they have the connection, right? Yeah. And things start to get more bittersweet later, too, once they realize, holy shit, 
I'm never going to see this person again. Because an actual connection has been made, but but like practically, there's just no way they can be together. Right. You yeah. Know? And um, and when they first get going, um, like they they have the encounter with with the two guys on the bridge. Yeah, I love these guys. Uh, the guys who are doing the play about the cow. Yeah, Wilmington's cow. Yeah. <laughs> or or the play is called "Bring Me the Horns of Wilmington's Cow." That's right. Bring me the horns <laughs> of Wilmington's cow. Yes. And, and I'm I, I'm the cow. <laughs> yeah, I, I play the cow. Right, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> it's really funny because they're just this they're kicking off the journey, right? Yeah. And they're walking around. What should we do? I don't know. Let's ask these guys. And these guys are like, can't you speak German for once? Right. Because <laughs> Ethan Hawk has already admitted, okay, yeah, I'm the uncultured American, right? right yeah. Right. So because he doesn't speak anything but English. It is I, I'm glad he brought that up. I'm glad the movie brings that up. Me too. Because, you know, like it, it is important. It's I'm always amazed, not just when okay, yeah, I'm a German speaker, but I'm I, I can't just walk in and just start like I'm not yeah. I'm I'm semi fluent, you know. It, it it takes me people have to speak very slowly for me to like fully understand it. Right. I mean like otherwise I'm I'm kind of at sea. It's my second language. Right. So Whenever I, I encounter people from outside the U.S. who for whom English is their second language, and not only do they speak it, they speak it fluently. Mm-hmm. They speak idiomatic English. They know all my figures of speech. They know all of our expressions. Yeah, they can speak it almost without an accent. I'm I'm entirely amazed. Yeah, you know, anytime I see Ken Watanabe in a movie, yes. I'm like, really? Yes. You speak better than me. His, his, this is insane. Exactly. He speaks the king's English. <laughs> yes. You know, <laughs> right. We're a bunch of gutter assholes. I know, know, right? We suck. <laughs> <laughs> we're not worthy. Right. Uh, we, we have several like listeners from, I know, like uh, non-English speaking countries, and they've communicated with us in perfect English. Yep. You know, and I, I'm like, to, to, to say I'm blown away is is like an understatement. And, and they even... I think he even mentions it to Julie Delpy when they're still on the train, you know, yeah. like, well, cause he asked her first when he introduces himself, Oh wait, do you speak English? And she's like, yeah, I do. Yeah. Um, by the way, your English is really good. She's like, Oh yeah, I spent some time in the States. They have to like draw attention to it because right. she speaks such perfect English, like such perfect Americanized English. And even. she understands pretty much everything he says. Yes. Like throughout Every the expression. whole movie. I think there's right. one time when he like has to explain one thing yes but she's like swearing and she's using <laughs> yes, slang I know, I she's know. joking in english that's you that's can't tough. joke in english until you understand any yes. language you have to understand a language before you can create jokes and understand comedic aspects of the language exactly and that's where i am with german i mean i'm completely i'm stiff and formal when i speak <laughs> yes, german <right>. you know <laughs> yes um and she she's like you're an american he's like you can tell. Yes. <laughs> She's like, yeah. of course you can that tell. A, that was great. I, I was glad. Obvious. Yes. She really drew attention to it, and she should have. Oh man. So yeah, they meet the guys who are have the play with the cow, and they give them a flyer, which is awesome. Um, and then they get on a bus. They're moving around the city. They start asking each other questions. They're like, "Let's play a game." Okay. We're gonna. I'm gonna ask a question, and you have to answer it completely honestly. And they they do a back and forth. And there's one when. He asks Celine like about her first sexual feelings or something, and she tells her mm-hmm. story about the swimmer at camp. He was like a big dolphin or something. She said because he <laughs> shaves his legs. Yes, I don't know. But then she asks him kind of the same thing about love, right? And he kind of steps sidesteps the question, uh-huh. which it kind of pissed me off a little bit. Mm. But then he like kind of turns it to talk about his first sexual awakening or whatever. Yeah, but um, uh, 
there, there's he's hiding something, right? I did mention earlier he's being totally everyone's totally honest and open with each other, right? Right. But he is keeping this from from Celine. Like he was in love. He had a girlfriend. We find out later in the film. That's why he's in Europe. Yes. He came to Madrid to see her, and it turns out, uh, yeah, she doesn't want to be with him. Right. And so they broke up. He had to spend another two weeks in Europe, so he's just traveling around Europe uh, dealing with this breakup. Um, so he's been keeping this secret. He, you know, I mean, that's a lot to dump on someone. Yes. But when you're talking about, like, the existence of God and things like, I mean, that's, that's not too much to, to talk about. I mean, <laughs> yeah, you know, like, I know exactly. Cause like you could argue that the, 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 the existence of God is a superficial issue or whatever, but like, it's not, it's, it's like what the building <laughs> right. block of society. So like maybe his breakup and you know, the fallout from that is a, it does pale in comparison to the bigger questions. So yeah. yeah, he is hiding something from her, but when he does reveal it, it's not like, he doesn't. It's not a huge burden that she has to take. It on, really isn't. You know? it's, and it's not even a big thing. He's like, no. "All right, I need to just be completely honest. I'm here because of this." Yes. And, and she's like, "Okay, yes, Man, that sucks." And ex- exactly. <laughs> yeah. right. And and two with like this whole thing when she when she tells that story about the dolphin man <laughs> that she had a crush on. <laughs> There, there, there's two sequences in this movie, and this is the first one where the actors have to deal with with like really distracting noise. Uh huh. Um. This Q&A in the back of the bus slash train sequence, I mean, like, it's it's a long, unbroken two shot. Yeah. Um, and it has them contending with some pretty loud outside traffic. Uh, and they never react, not even for the sake of the performance. They're both just totally committed uh, and focused on their dialogue and their reactions. Yeah. And, like, Julie Delpy especially tells that whole story with color and... It's it sounds like someone telling a story. It doesn't sound rehearsed. Yep. Um, and she does it while trying to like just maybe like in the, every sixth word she has to go ah she has to like you know like talk a little louder uh-huh. because she heard a horn honking, and she <laughs> never breaks. Yeah. You know, and God only knows what take this was. You know, because I mean they have to get it. It's a long sequence. Yeah. And they're on a real bus. Yes. You know? Maybe they rented it out or something so that there's no one riding it. Right. <laughs> I don't know, but. Yeah, that's tough. And I, one of the things like that later, it's like, I know they're like playing pinball yes. at one point and uh, they're having their conversation. It's actually when he reveals to her all that's the right. stuff we it's talked about, right. but like they're playing pinball and like something unexpected happens on the table and they kind of react to it, right. but then like pick up right away where they were talking. It's so natural. Like that's what would happen if I was playing pinball with someone like, and we're talking and then like, Oh, what? Oh, something happened. Like <laughs> it, we would be interjected by that for a, a moment yes. and then go right back to the conversation. That's true, man. Um, and I think she even like gets pissed off while she's playing. Oh, Cause she, yeah. she's like, starts swearing. Yeah, she's, she's mad. Yeah, mad. She's got know? gamer rage. Exactly. dude. <laughs> <laughs> and also dude, Richard Linklater, like seems to enjoy shooting dialogue scenes where a character plays pinball really loudly. <laughs> I mean, it's just one of his yeah, things. Yeah, he loves that. I mean, it's the other time in, in Waking Life, it's it's himself. He's doing it while he's talking to Wiley Wiggins. Like, he's trying to, like, yeah. uh, help him get out of the, the purgatorial dream world. And he makes that long speech about Lady Gregory. And he's just like, you hear that pinball <laughs> din over top of it. And he just really likes doing this. Um, I think it's a really cool visual. It like, is. The, I, like, just... Having your hands on the front of the machine yes. and like leaning on it, kind of, mm-hmm. I think it's just a cool image. 
You're right. And and it's like, it's, it's good for an actor too, to have business with their hands. I mean, that, that's yeah. something that like a lot of people talk about, just like something to keep you busy. Right. And if you're standing over a pinball machine and you can like, you remember your lines and you can have a conversation, that's very right. much a help. You made me think of Wiley Wiggins touching his nose and dazed and confused. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> <exactly>. <laughs> when you got nothing to go on, then you go do like Wiley Wiggins and touch yeah, your nose. Touch man. your nose five times in three <laughs> seconds. Right. Dude. Which. We both agreed. Uh huh. We we like that. Exactly. We thought it was a great performance. It was naturalistic. Yes, exactly. Mm-hmm. Um, which is something Linklater gets out of all his people. I know. Usually, like it's, right. everything feels natural. And Eth- I think Ethan Hawke is wonderful at at being so realistic and natural. <sighs> Dude, in everything he does. I I have come to appreciate Ethan Hawke so much. Me too. Um, I've always liked him, but like when I. I watched the last movie stars. Um, it was his recent HBO project about Paul Newman and Joanne Woodward. Yeah. Um, it made me realize he's not only a great actor, but he really cares about cinema history. Yeah. And in his later years, I think he's going to make, he already is. He's becoming a great Hollywood elder statesman. Yeah. You know, and I think it's already on display and even when he was so young, it was always all over his face. You could tell, Oh, this guy's like a theater rat. Oh yeah. You know, um, he's, this is an actor, right. you know? And I feel like a lot of the dialogue in here, I mean, it, like we said, it's collaboration. Like the actors themselves, you know, contributed to mm-hmm. a lot of yes. this stuff. Yes. Um, I like a lot of this comes from Ethan Hawke as well. Like a of lot course. of this comes from Julie Delpy. I know. Like they are these kind of people for real. I know, man. <laughs> I know. And I was, I was talking to my wife about it the other day. Like whenever I hear like, uh, people, when idiots think that actors should shut up about pol- political issues. Mm. Oh, they don't know what they're talking. They're just actors. I'm like, hey, hang on. <laughs> go watch Before Sunrise or go watch a Mike Lee film. Uh, yeah, not all maybe, of them. Maybe just like any person. Absolutely. Uh, what's their background? Are they knowledgeable on things? Exactly. Well, look into it. I make money, so don't I should just shut say, up. Oh, that guy's rich and famous, so he's an idiot. Exactly. <laughs> My God. I, I, it, <laughs> it makes me so ill, you know? Which, though, a lot of rich and famous people are kind of idiots. But the, you got to look into it. Absolutely. Like, the, there's there's plenty of people who... And we'll get into it next week when we talk about <laughs> <laughs> certain other rich people. Oh, yes. man. I can't wait. <laughs> yeah, the rich are going to get... Um, get a talking to from us. They're going to get theirs. Once again. Yes. I think that's been a theme this year, Dave. Yeah. We have been, um, since we've been back. Since we've been back, it's been a lot of uh, <laughs> down with the rich man, <laughs> down with the white man. Exactly, dude. Um, <laughs> the only the best. So stay tuned. <laughs> um, so, yeah. Um, they get off the, the, the bus, right? right? And they go to the record store, which... This might be my favorite scene in the movie, actually. Yeah. They go to this record store, and they're looking at records, and I mean, I just love the record store, though. Like, as personally, like, I love going to old record stores. I know. It's so cool. Um, And there's an old listening booth there, and they're like, let's go see if it works. And she pulls out this album, and they go and listen to it. And it's, I I don't know the song or the artist. I don't know if you do, Dave. Um, I do. It's called Come Here by Kath Bloom. Okay. So they listen to this song and it's a really sweet romantic song. And they're both standing there and it's a a two shot, but it's close up on them. And they're standing side by side and kind of looking at each other a little bit, but then looking away and... (laughs) The music, I don't think they knew what kind of music they were getting either. They're like, oh, I've heard this is good. And they listen to it. And it's just this perfectly romantic, perfectly encapsulating their experience piece of music. 
and you can see it wash over them after a few, like maybe five to ten seconds. They're like, "Oh wow, mm-hmm. wow, yeah, I'm feeling it." Yeah, and they're they both are like in love immediately with each <laughs> other, but they're being really kind of awkward a little too, like not saying anything and then like looking away from each other, but then looking back at each other and stuff. It's just so wonderful. And they don't say a damn word throughout the whole scene. (laughs) It's like an unbroken two minutes shot. Yeah. It's so good, man. And like, I, I, I love when they both steal a look at the other one. Yeah. I don't know if they rehearsed this or if this is just happening naturally, but like when, Every time she looks at him, he looks away and vice versa. Yeah. He looks at her. She's looking the other way. Mm-hmm. And like, um, and they do it just enough times yep. and they, you hear just enough of the song that it, it's, it's a perfect encapsulation and it's a, it's the perfect amount of time spent with it. Too. Right. Yeah. Um, and like that particular record store, like is, is just the, the, the ultimate dream of like what a record store should be, you know, yes. um, it's just the right size, the, these listening booths. I don't think they have those anymore. I mean, at least not in, in the ones I've been to. Um, I know they have headphone stations. They do. Like, yeah, exactly. Stuff like that. Yes. But, but this actually, is a whole room, like a I sound booth. Basically. I, I've only seen it in this and the talented Mr. Ripley. Um, and, and so, I mean, like it, it must've been a staple of the 1950s. Those, uh, those are both places I want to be, Dave. Absolutely. Yes. <laughs> in, in old Europe, you know, like going to record stores. Yes. Yeah, man. <laughs> um, but I just love it. It's so, it, it, it warms your heart. You feel the romance like just blossoming yes. from these people. And it's just such a great little shot. I know. I, I love it. I so know. Much. It, it, it's, it's very the charming. First, first time I watched the movie, I was just, this scene just blew me away. Yes, of course. It, it's never left me. I've thought about it probably hundreds of times since I saw the movie for the first time. Yeah. It, it, it doesn't you. leave me. <laughs> yes, that's right. Cause you, you, you want in your life to have such a perfect moment. Someday. Right. And, um, the scene ends, but the music continues to play, and it shows like a little brief montage of some time passing, them walking around and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, because the movie takes place over what is it, twelve hours? I, I'm gonna Something say twelve like that. hours. Yeah. So you can't have a twelve-hour movie, so they got to move time along somehow. Yes. Um, but yeah. Yeah. Um. And I, I know that they have that that moment in the graveyard where she shows him the the. Uh, yeah, the, I think that's right after. Yeah, this. right yeah. after the record shop. Um and. After that, they they go to this uh, to this park where they where they ride uh, the the Vienna Riesenrad. Um, it's this giant Ferris wheel in mm-hmm. the middle of Vienna, and like this scene is where they have their first uh, where they they have their first kiss. Yeah, you know, um, it's the first time they get physical with each other, and it's it's really perfectly staged, perfectly plotted. Um, you know, uh, she understands what he. He went the way he's looking at her mm-hmm. and she kind of takes control of the situation. Yeah. And, um, it's a good thing she did because he probably wouldn't have made the move like, right. You know, unless she had actually initiated it. And, um, the only problem with it is it's not even a problem. It's just a, a, a dumb thing in my mind. Um, this scene, my mind goes to the sequence in the third man where, Orson Welles makes that speech to Joseph Cotton um, about how the people on the ground are insignificant and it doesn't matter if they live or die as long as he gets rich. Um, This is the same car that those guys rode in in that movie. Okay. And to have that evil running through your head, you know, (laughs) while the romance is starting to ratchet up, um, it's a weird feeling. Okay. 
That, that's not an issue with the movie, though. Exactly, it's I my mean, fault. That's you. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, which is fine because <laughs> that, that, no, you. that's right. that's an interesting aspect of of being a lover of film. Yes, right? of course. You always carry something with you from everything you've seen. It both enhances and ruins right. moments it's, in your it's life. It's so interesting, yes, because. I didn't put that connection together. Okay. I'm, I mean, you've seen that movie m- way more than I have. Right. I'm sure. But, um, yeah, like, you make these weird connections, and it affects your viewing experience. And, like, I, I could just... They're, they're even, like, looking out the window the same way. He, he he looks out the window, looks over at her, and it just made me think of Orson Welles just, you know, free of income tax, right. old man. Free or of t- income tax, <laughs> you know? <laughs> or even when you go back and you watch older movies with people who... We're not yet famous. Yes. Or like you see a cameo from someone like totally. If you didn't know about that person, like it wouldn't affect you. Oh, yeah. But because of that, you're like, oh, look, look at that guy. It's, uh, oh, my God. <laughs> yes. It's Kevin Bacon. I know. Yeah. Exactly. It affects. Like, right. I know. It it retcons like weird <laughs> details about people from 30 years right, ago. You miss some vital information because you're like, oh, my God, <laughs> exactly. look, it's Paul Rudd. Oh, my God. It was like the film of your life was like seen missing, you know, yeah, and, right. but now it's been filled in. Yeah. <laughs> but th- when they do kiss each other, they're up at the top of the Ferris wheel. They're stopped and they're looking over the beautiful city, man. Yes. And there's the sun setting and Ethan Hawke mentions how beautiful it is. And uh-huh. he's putting the lines out there. You know? <laughs> yes. He's putting some moves out. Sure, sure. And, and she takes the bait. Like, yes. Be- willingly. She yes. knows it's a hook and she bites it. Because, like, exactly, because yeah. she's wanted a, a bite of it for some time, yes. just Late, like he has. Later, she even mentions she knew she wanted to kiss him, yes. like, while they were talking on the train. Like, yeah. And, like, <laughs> and, and she also makes mention of it, like, later on, too, like, in a, she teases him a little bit, like, oh, Mr. Romantic Man, you know, yeah. like, with, with the so sunset funny. and everything. It's great. And, yeah. and, you know, he, he definitely deserves the ribbing. Um, and, like, I, I, it's, it's not as, um, like, the, the record shop scene is is probably the most perfect romantic scene in the movie um this one comes right after it and it's it's a good bookend to it it um, is and and it gives them like the first time you've kissed someone um the, the the rest of your time together on that date or whatever wherever you're at it's nice because now you can put your arm around them right yeah <laughs> um you know and and like the awkwardness goes away because you've already touched for the first time yeah you yep. know and there's a few other times they kiss throughout the movie too yes. um some of them are a little awkward. Some of them are passionate. <laughs> yes. You know? uh-huh. Some of them are uh, like rejected. Yes. But, yeah. Um, and that's, I. You, you mentioned Ethan Hawke or, or you mentioned Jesse being an asshole, you know, for, for a minute <laughs> in that one where he really pissed you off. Like the movie lets him be an asshole a couple of other times yeah, too. Yeah, definitely. Um, and it's right around here when they get off the, the, the uh, Ferris wheel where they have that, they go to that cafe Yeah, and the, the, the uh, fortune teller comes around. Yeah. And, the palm reader. Yes. The palm reader. And you know, Celine is, is like into these things. I mean, you know, she doesn't like fully believe in it, but she, right. she just wants to have a good time. So she, you know, like she makes eye contact with her and she's like, oh crap, you know, yeah. here, here comes. she comes. Exactly. Yeah. So, but she's going to go along here comes with it. Elmo in Times Square. <laughs> yeah, I give him some money. That's exactly. Yep. Yes. Yes. <laughs> Um, and, and that's the feeling we all have when we see, you know, yeah. like, uh, I remember there was like a magician one time that I had, <laughs> I had to give some money to. Oh man. Know? An accidental magician. Yes. <laughs> Dude. Yeah. He, he did some card tricks for me and you know, it, it was, it was worth five bucks, I guess. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I let a guy play, uh, 
uh, take my money and three card Monty one time. Oh, nice, nice. I was like, no, I'm not doing it. I know what you're gonna do. He's like, come on, man. And like after like ten minutes of just like talking to this guy at this pool hall, I think I was in Memphis. I was like, I'll do it for ten bucks. He's like twenty. It's like ten. He's like, okay. What? Okay. What? I can't believe he was doing a three card yeah, Monty act. It was so funny. Oh, wow, dude. man, that's still going on. That's amazing. Yeah, it was great. <laughs> and he got his money. Okay, well, hey, good on him. Yep, it was cool. <laughs> but anyway, yeah, yeah, he, um, like she, the the uh, the fortune teller, she she reads the the palm reader reads the the fortune and everything, and it's in its. Obviously, it's it sounds like other fortunes you've heard, and and I mean it's it, it's poetic in the moment because it's like she she knows what she's doing and right. she's practiced at the art of of telling people you exactly. know these kinds of things, and like, I mean, and Jesse goes in this diatribe <laughs> about yeah. how the fortune teller is full of shit, and and she was just speaking in generalities, and you're essentially paying her to make you feel good about yourself, right? Um, and it's the first time you you really like. I, I wasn't as put out as by Jesse, um, like sidestepping the question earlier as right. I was in this moment where I'm just like, okay, okay. Dude, I think this know. is worse. Yes. Okay. For, far worse. Okay. Um, honestly though, like it doesn't bother Like I can understand where he's coming from. Like, yes, yes I do kind yes. of agree with that, but you should still be open to, this is what they do. Mm-hmm. And Celine is having a great time having right. her palm read. I would like to have my palm read. Like, I'll I'll play along, you know. I know. It's fine, right? Uh, it might not be what I want to do, but don't be an asshole. No, exactly. <laughs> and and look, yes, don't be an asshole. That that that's a good way of living your life. I think. Well, my motto is don't be a dick. There you go. Okay. You yeah, know, I'm gonna get it tattooed. I that- don't know where. But <laughs> <laughs> maybe I shouldn't. <laughs> it's a good philosophy, and and it, it might warrant a tattoo. Yes. You know? Um, and the second one obviously is when he is, um, when he thinks the poet is a fraud. Yeah. He says um, the same thing. Yes. You know, um, that one, I was really outraged at the first time I saw it. Uh, that man, I hate that. That's worse than it is the palm reader. It is because the palm reading, it's all based in like mysticism and astrology and yes. stuff that hasn't been proven scientifically and stuff like that. But poetry is poetry, man. I know. Yeah, maybe this guy has some canned poems where he inserts a word. <laughs> yes. But it was still beautiful what he wrote, and it was still a wonderful experience that you had with Celine. Oh my gosh, man. I, I just I had the exact same thought about it, which yeah, like you said, I mean, yeah, he and it's and it was still a lovely poem, so shut up. It was. Even you know? with the word milkshake in it. Exactly. I th- they picked milkshake to be funny, right? Yes. Like, okay, let's see a poem with milkshake. Right. <laughs> but yeah, it, it worked. I, it, it did, <laughs> and I, I think, I think the reason I was so upset the first time was because I thought it was going to really hurt Celine's feelings, and they were going to have like an unnecessary fight about right. it. Right. And the the interesting thing is though, like right before the guy interrupts them to ask if he they want a poem. They are kind of starting to fight about how Jesse was behaving with the palm reader. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. Like, she's like, I didn't like how you reacted to that lady, you know? Like, and he's like, oh, well, okay. And they start arguing a little bit. Not a big argument or anything, but Mm -hmm. they're starting to argue like, well, okay, so that's how you feel. But I feel this way, you know? And, you know, they start making each other's points. And they're being, they're putting their foot down kind of like, no, like, that was wrong. You were kind of an ass. Right. (laughs) And the guy interrupts them. And then 
they they go along with the poem guy, right? And as he's writing the poem, they kind of walk off a few feet away and they start talking. They're like, "Were we just having our first fight?" Yes. You know, like, yes. Yeah, I think we were. And which is nice that they actually acknowledge it. Right. And I was surprised too that when when they have their quote first fight, um, <laughs> that they also didn't mention. It's not one of Jesse's asshole moments, but he tells an asshole story when they go to that church. Oh, God. Yeah, it's stupid. Because he, he prefaces it by saying, you know, this is really inappropriate. I shouldn't be telling this here. Right. It's not a, a good story to tell in a church. No. Um, I think he thinks it's sad, but because of the way he delivers the, the crescendo, yeah. it makes him look like kind of like he was he's in Trying to it. make it like a punchline. Exactly. You know? Yes. Because he's telling a story about how his friend, how his friend who's an atheist pulled up on the street and there's a homeless guy and he pulls out some money and he's like, Hey, do you believe in God? And the homeless person says, yes. And then Jesse's friend says wrong answer and pulls the money back in and drives off. Right. Which is such a dick move. Like, why would you even do that? Were you going to give him money? If he said no, were you actually going to give them the money or were you just tormenting this person who is less well off than you? Um, I, I, I think I, the, latter. the latter, absolutely. And and if Jesse's still friends with this man, um, then, then bad on Jesse. Yeah. You know, uh, and I don't think he is. And I, I think that probably the reason that they don't dwell on it is mainly because they, they wanted to like, I, I guess it was even like this must have come out of their rehearsals or whatever. Like, let's create a moment that's very uncomfortable yeah. that we don't dwell on. But it's one of those moments on a first date where you said something stupid. Right. And the other person just kind of like agrees to let you get away with one. Yeah. You, you got one moment. Yeah, right. Yeah. You know? <laughs> um, and there's another moment in the church where Jesse tells the story about the Quaker wedding. Yeah. How they just they kneel down across from each other and look at each other. For an hour, and if anyone feels compelled by God to speak, they'll, they'll speak. And then after the time's up, they're married. Right. Just staring at each other. And Jesse stares at Celine, and she purposefully does not look at him, which <laughs> I love that touch. <laughs> because I, I think she feels like he's just trying to push these more like romantic kind of bullshit moves yeah. out there and she doesn't want a, p- a part of it. Right. Even though there is a real romantic connection and they do like each other. Yes. She's like, maybe he's, he's pushing a little too hard with that one. <laughs> he's, he's like, yeah, because I mean, okay. Yeah. She kissed you, man. But like, let now it breathe talking for about a moment. Married exactly. and staring yes, at her. Yes. Come on. <laughs> yeah. You, you dial it back, dude. <laughs> and it goes without saying we, we praised Ethan Hawke already, but Julie Delpy flat out amazing. Oh, um, she's wonderful. What, in this. It, what an amazing actress she is. Um, and just a, a real creative force, obviously from when you watch this and the rest of the trilogy. Yeah. Um, I mean, yeah, she, she's impossible to look away from and she's always interesting. Yep. And she has like, not only Julie Delpy, but the character Celine, like they're both really strong. I know. Powerful women, man. Yes. Like, oh yeah. Like she says, if there was an island with 99 women and one man on it, they would kill the man and live happily ever after. You know, <laughs> like, that'd be great. Good stuff, dude. Yep. Yeah. It's really good stuff. Um, so <laughs> we're, we're going through the movie, right? Yeah. Where yeah. are we at? All right. I, so I think so. The church, you know, walking around the poem, um, they go to the bar. Right, right. And this is where they play pinball. And Jesse reveals, you know, like the, the truth to why he's in Europe. Yes. And we already went over it. We don't got to touch on it too much, really. But like uh, he says something about when you get broken up with, you think about how many people you have broken up with and how little you thought of that person when you broke up with them. 
And then when you're broken up with, now you feel like that person thinks that little of me. This is my favorite line of Jesse's in the movie. Yeah. Um, yeah, the actual, I have it written down here. You know what's the worst thing about somebody breaking up with you? It's when you remember how little you thought about the people you broke up with, and you realize that is how little they're thinking of you. You know, you'd like to think you're both in all this pain, but they're just like, hey, I'm glad you're gone. Yeah. That sucks. Yeah, it does. Yeah. And there's no coming back from it, and there's nothing you can do. you got to sit in that pain. Yep. And, like... They, they might feel bad that they broke up with you. They might feel guilty, but they don't want you around. Right. The and last thing they want is to hear from you or see you. Right. You flew all the way out here to Spain to see me. Right. Um, but I don't want you here. See you later. It's... Uh, now, now you're stuck in Europe by uh, yourself for two weeks. Which, I think that sounds awesome. But, I mean, uh... If... if I mean, how, what better way else? to get over a breakup? Exactly. I, I have to spend two weeks in Hopefully Europe. Hopefully meet a nice French lady on a sure, train. And, exactly. Yeah, have you a know, nice evening. Hopefully it wouldn't be the last <laughs> night I was there, but yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I think around this part of the movie, they're also walking around and Jesse says something. I think it's Jesse, but like they say, isn't everything we do in life to because we want to be loved? Yes. Like that's why we do anything we do. It's um, it's part of it's actually Celine's my favorite line of Celine's. I have oh, she says down here. It. Yes, okay. um, she says I always feel this pressure of being a strong and independent icon of womanhood, and without making it look like my whole life is revolving around some guy, but loving someone and being loved means so much to me. We make fun of it and stuff, but isn't everything we do in life a way to be loved a little more? Yeah. Yes. yes. Beautiful. Yes. Yep. And they go, so they go to this restaurant now and they, what they do in this restaurant, they're sitting across from each other. They pretend like they're calling a friend to tell them what's happening. Right. <laughs> Which is kind of cool. They're like role playing. Yeah. So, uh, Julie Delpy is going to call her friend cause she has to call her friend for real to say, Hey, I'm going to be late cause I'm yeah. with this guy. Right. So it's like, all right, why don't you practice your phone call or whatever? <laughs> So they both pick up their, their, they use their hand as a telephone receiver, right? And they they have this fake conversation with each other. And they actually, like, confess their true feelings and how they've felt since they've met each other. And in each moment, how they were feeling when certain things were happening. Which is a brilliant idea. Because we we kind of gleamed this from their actions in the movie. Yeah. But now we know truly, like, what they were feeling and it's being articulated. I mean, dude, uh, I... It's so layered, the phone call scene. I mean, yeah. and yeah, you, you're absolutely right. So much is revealed from pretending you're speaking to someone else. Yeah. You know, um, because both characters are so frank about their feelings, they both come away from it with so much understanding. And when, when Celine, you know, describes uh, what Jesse looks like physically, yeah, he wants to look away, but he almost can't because mm-hmm. he's just like, you know, oh my God, she thinks I'm so attractive, yeah. you know? Um, she says he has great hair and amazing blue eyes and everything. Yeah. And he's just like, he kisses like an adolescent, <laughs> <laughs> which is great. Yeah, that rules. <laughs> she says, I like how he puts his eyes on me when I look away. Oh man. Yo, dude, Woo! goosebumps on exactly. that line. Good Ooh. Lord. Yes. Oh man. And then <laughs> one of my favorite parts of the movie, I think it's hilarious is when they do the other phone call. <laughs> Jesse calls his friend, and Julie Delpy has to pretend to be this guy. She goes, hey, dude, what's up? Oh, cool, man. I told you so, dude. Like, it's just so it's, funny. 
she nails it. She's mocking him so much. Yes. I love it. Yes, it's, it's like so you dumb good. American. Exactly. Like, yeah. And she does it like <laughs> just so flawlessly without. Yeah, like, right. She doesn't sound French. She sounds like a guy saying, "Hey, dude." It, it's great because it comes out of nowhere too. Yes. We haven't really. She, we've seen she's like playful and she's fun and stuff, but we haven't seen her do something like this before. Right. Change her voice, but hey, dude. Exactly. <laughs> it's <Yes>. great. Right. <laughs> But yeah, it, and it's great. And they do the same. Th- like he says the same stuff about her. Yes. And this is where the movie starts to. Ca- they realize, all right, we have real feelings. And this is a real connection. Right. That is very rare. And we only have like six hours left. <laughs> like the movie. This is where it turns. Like I said earlier, like it starts to become more of a bittersweet thing. I know. Because the love and fun is there, but there's this like dark cloud hanging over everything like it's gonna end well um, that's why i'm glad i'm having this conversation with you obviously because you know we're there there are things that you saw that i didn't and vice versa and like you you talking about the the bittersweet aspect of it it's not something i had even like kind of uh considered oh yeah um and the uh, you're so wrapped up in you know the them them making it and you're the first time you see it you're you're wondering how how is this going to end right you know yeah what are they going to do and um when they have this this uh again classic hollywood uh ruins a perfect moment for dave um I, <laughs> just just like with the third man sequence um at the ferris wheel um this thing on the riverboat reminds me of uh other movies in yeah. particularly charade I was uh, going to say it's charade. You did. Yep. Oh, cause you made this connection yeah, yeah. too. Yes. Yep. Um, I mean like, and that one takes place in Paris rather than Vienna, but there is, if you haven't seen it, an extended sequence where like uh Cary Grant and Audrey Hepburn have yeah. a conversation aboard a, a boat a lot like this. Yep. And it doesn't ruin anything. Um, but I, I even like that the movie seems to know to make these references, almost like paying homage to what came before yeah. it. Um, and like even though their idea is wholly original and like something that really hasn't been attempted before or since other than outside of Richard Linklater movies. <laughs> right, yeah. Um and they 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 pay tribute to like things that uh that they were influenced by. Yeah. Um and I mean he's a master filmmaker for sure. Yes. And yeah, one he, of the best. He's you've talked about how knowledgeable like Ethan Hawke is with right. like all these people Linklater is like the foundation of like Austin cinema. I like know. he's 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 a king. Yes. When it comes to cinema history and knowledge and influence. Oh man. Um and I want to get into the boat, but right before that, it shows them outside of like that restaurant and mm-hmm. they're near this statue like overlooking the streets of the city and they're talking about how like this shouldn't be happening and in the morning we're just going to change back into pumpkins, right? Yeah. Like and they they they've realized like yeah this sucks now I know. like now there's nothing they can do about it but on the boat they talk about it they actually address it which is amazing i yes. love it they bring it up hey what are we going to do are we i can come here you can come over there like try to figure out cuz they want to keep seeing each other and they decide well maybe we should just make it this one night and that's it Right. Which personally, like, I think that sounds amazing. Like this one amazing romantic experience, but it it probably would torture me for the rest of my life, honestly. (laughs) But it sounds good in the moment, right? (laughs) And they're trying to justify it by saying stuff like, well, why does every relationship have to last forever? Yeah. Which is true. Not every relationship should or does last forever, but why not give it the chance? 
Right. If, if you cut yourself off from like, if, okay, we're not going to extend it past one evening. Yeah, you, you are. If they only have one night together and it's what we see in this movie, then their time together is still unforgettable. It um, will be the most important memory that each of them have for the rest of their lives. I agree. Even if they end up with spouses who they, who they're in love with and they have children and, and the whole right. thing, like they have a, like a long life. Um, they will always have this together. Yeah. You know? Celine even mentioned something kind of like that about her grandmother. She mentions her grandmother multiple times. Like yes. she's close with her. She, she's been, ma- was married for 50 years to her grandfather. And, but the whole time she's been in love with this other man from 50 years ago. And has just been with this other guy the whole time thinking about this other dude. Right. I mean, is that what's going to happen to them if they don't see each other again? Like, probably. I mean, yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, it's always going to be on their minds. Mm-hmm. I mean, because in this, in this 12-hour period, they have a fully fleshed out, lived-in relationship. Yeah. I, I, it's, it seems like something you couldn't do, but they manage it. Right. You know? That, oh, man. <laughs> Well, I guess when you have a like-minded individual yes. and you're both attracted to each other and you both like talking to each other yes, and you have nothing else to do for 12 hours, it's kind of what you decided you're going to do, and you don't have a cell phone you're looking at, you can <laughs> fucking develop a relationship, right? <laughs> Thank God for the 1990s, everybody. <laughs> right. <laughs> when I mean, people they could have had like by... a Gordon Gecko phone or something, but like, <laughs> right, yeah. Exactly. No. It wasn't a thing that where, where all human knowledge is packed into this little device in your pocket. Um, if you're going to be with a person, be with someone you like talking to. Yes. You know? Yes, please. Yes. <laughs> it, it will make your life so much better. Oh, yeah. Um, I've had a few girlfriends where we didn't talk... A- very well. Right. And that sucked. Yes, exactly. It didn't last very long. No, so. it, it never does because, I mean, like, the other part, it fades. It goes away. Right. Like, the attraction, all that stuff, it, it, it stops. I mean, like, you have to, the only way to keep things moving is to, is to be, to find one another interesting. Yeah. Intellectually. Yes. Um, and so, like, yeah, it. this scene makes me sad. Yes. Because they agree they're not going to see each other. And as an audience, like you said... We want them. We want to find out what happens. We want them to be together. I know. We this needs to happen. <laughs> and and right here they're like, nope, not doing it. But and then Jesse leans in for a kiss, and Celine just turns her head and looks defeated almost. Right. It's so sad. I know because she's like, man, yeah, logically maybe this is a good idea, but that is not what I want. Right. At all. And Jesse doesn't want that either. You can exactly. tell, yes, too. But yes. he's trying to be like, all right, I'm going to be strong about it, and yeah. we're going to do this. She knows that the only way they can be together is if they both, like... Comp- upended their lives. Exactly, yes. And, and like, you can't... Even upending your life isn't something you can even do practically either. Like even if it was like, okay, I'm going to go to America or, or I'm going to move to, he's going to move to Paris or whatever. Yeah. It, it, it's, it's going to take all this paperwork and all this, you know, like, oh, uh, man. you know, yeah. You have to get governments involved exactly. in that shit, yes. dude. Yes. <laughs> yes. It's hard. I, and I feel like if she also turns her head because that kiss is going to just overwhelm her with yes. emotion and she might break down. Right. You know? Right. She just can't take it. Right. Um, yeah, so yeah. they they decide uh, we're gonna go out with a bang, right? We're gonna get some wine. We're gonna have a picnic. It's gonna be romantic. So they go in the, into this bar and they have a plan. 
it sounds like they're going to steal the wine, <laughs> like yes. what they're talking about. And they're being like real s- sneaky almost. Uh-huh. Like, all right, I'm going to get this and you get that. Right? So, <laughs> so Julie Delpy sits at a table and <laughs> Ethan Hawke goes and talks to the bartender. and Smooth talks. I'm like, hey, we're this is the only night we're spending together. We want to make it special. We want some wine. But I don't have any money. Can, right. can you give me the address to this bar and I will mail you some money? <laughs> you give me the wine and I will mail money. Right. And the bartender's kind of like, what? And he's kind of intrigued by it, though, yeah. which is interesting. Yeah. Um, and as they're talking, Julie Delpy is putting wine glasses in her purse, like stealing them. She's yeah. literally stealing these wine glasses. And the bartender, like, actually, like, kind of leaves and brings back a bottle of wine and is like, just here you go. Yeah. Have a great night. Right. Which is awesome. It's an amazing... Coolest dude ever. Yes. Coolest dude ever. And they only had to commit half a crime. I know, right? You know? (laughs) They only stole two things. Yes, exactly. (laughs) He's not going to miss two champagne flutes, probably. Yeah. Uh, No. um, It's unfortunate. And I hope that when Jesse mails him the check, that it's like... He's not mailing him a check. he's not doing it. (laughs) But but let's just pretend that he actually has some scruples Do you believe in God? (laughs) Wrong answer. Wrong answer. (laughs) No check for you. <laughs> Can you imagine if they were in the in the park looking at the moonlight laying in the grass, chugging champagne out of the bottle? Yeah. It wouldn't be as sweet as the having the glass. Absolutely you know? not. And we wouldn't get the, the paper bag on it. Oh, my, oh my God, God. Exactly. Yeah. A couple of real rummies. Uh, yeah. <laughs> we also wouldn't get the ending montage, the really sad, harsh light of morning falling all over every oh, place man. they've been, including their trysting place in the park. Yes. Um, um, because that's what happens next. Um, they, yeah. they, they take their uh, ill-gotten wine <laughs> and they go to the park where they, they watch, um, they look at the moonlight and they have a very deep conversation. Yeah. Um, in which they... Uh, they, they talk more about philosophy, but like Celine, eventually they, they begin to kiss. And that's when Celine says, I don't think we should sleep together. Right. Yeah. Um, because it might ruin it. Yeah. A lot of times sex does ruin relationships. Yeah. Uh, you don't do it at the right time or if that's all you want, then fine. But if you want to develop a loving thing, maybe do it when it's appropriate. Mm-hmm. Even though you're both just raging to go. Yes. You both want to. Right. But should you? I don't know. Right. But she says, no, I don't want to. I'll, it'll ruin the, the night. And I'm just going to become this French girl you met on the train and had this date. And then you banged her. Like, right. I don't want to be a story is right. what she says. Right. Which I love that line. I don't want to be a story. Yeah. Yeah. Dude. That's, she's, she's that's so really good. Like and, self-aware about like, and you know, he's all this fine. Stuff. He's good with it too. He's like, yeah, I get it. Right. Um, and they're like making out and stuff yeah. with this stuff too. But um, he starts talking also about like how people are never alone. He something I don't know exactly what he says, but it's something about never being alone. Like mm-hmm. people always want to be with somebody. Yes, and even when you're with yourself, you're never alone because you're always with yourself. Yeah, and he's talking about like anytime you go anywhere, you're always there. If you go, you know, to Paris, you're always there. You're always in Paris with yourself. And, <laughs> I guess along with your thoughts and stuff. I don't know. But he says to Jesse or Celine, um, being with you makes me feel like I'm with somebody else. He's not trying to put on a line with her, though. Right. Like, he's not. 
trying to be like, all right, what can I say to make her have sex with me or anything? No. That's actually how he feels. Like, you make me feel like I'm somebody else. Right. Um, or I'm with somebody else. Like, I am not just alone anymore. Because think about, like, when you when you truly are, when you're with somebody and you truly don't want their, this interaction to end. Yeah. Like, we're, we're you know, th- the thought of her, of them not being with you and this moment ending is, like, almost too much to bear. Um, and he reveals that, that part about himself and of everything that they talk about in this movie. Um, the one aspect that always gets to me is Jesse talking about his insecurity with long relationships and because he's fearful that like Celine would eventually get really annoyed with his mannerisms and pseudo intellectualizing. Yeah. Um, I have been guilty of those same thoughts and that same insecurity and what he says about people even becoming sick of themselves also really resonates. Mm-hmm. Um, when you're a podcaster, it's doubly so. Yeah. You know, because you have to hear your own voice, you know, <laughs> when you're doing the edit process. Now you're really, if you were sick of yourself before, forget about it. Yeah. You're, you're going to really like say, I want this guy out of here. <laughs> um, but like, I really sympathize with what he's saying because like, and a million relationships have been that they were ruined by my own insecurity. Even the one I'm right. in now was almost derailed by that insecurity because yeah. I thought, how could someone want to be with me? It's, it's the, yeah. you know, like, why would you want, why would you want this? I know how messed up I am. Why would you want this around you at all times? Mm-hmm. You know? Right. I mean, I want you, Dave. Thank you. I want you on the podcast. I appreciate it. I Scott. appreciate you. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Your friendship. I cherish. And, um, I guess this is the perfect time to say I love you, man. I love so, you too, Scott. This is a great episode of Dudes on Movies. Yes, exactly. You know, after all the uh, will they, won't they, we finally say <laughs> I love you. We made, we, we made the declaration, dude. <laughs> all right, dude. Thank you, Xavier. <laughs> what a better movie to do it, though. Uh-huh. Um, so Jesse also says something here that's really wonderful. He's, he, they don't want it to end, right? He right. says, like, if I had to decide to never see you again or marry you, I would marry you. That is And he a, means I it. I mean, wow. It, yeah. It's, he's putting himself out there. Yep. You know? Yep. Um, And they start kissing and stuff, and the, the camera, like, pans away, you right. know? We don't know if they had sex, but I, I'm pretty sure they had sex. Yeah, I'm, I'm pretty sure they yeah. did. I, I feel like the, the, the like... <laughs> I don't want to call it the walk of shame, but like the, the next morning when they're kind of coming oh, down the well, street, yeah. they look like they're like tattered clothes. Either they were rounding some bases or they, uh, yeah. they had a home run. Exactly. I'm not sure. I, I'm pretty sure the home run happened. Yeah, me too. Yeah. Now the, the sun is rising now, like you said, yeah. like the harsh reality right. of the morning. Right. The, you said the walk of shame. <laughs> it looks like, I mean, visually the magic is gone. Yeah. The magic of the night is gone. There's a reason like things happen at night. Romance happens at night. It's because it it just naturally feels that way. I know. Like there's mystery and there's allure and everything just looks beautiful at nighttime under in certain conditions. So when they wake up and they're walking down the street, you know, like holding their shoes and shit. (laughs) Yes. And there's just like this harsh light, like, like over-processed in your face. I like, know. It's like, wow. They actually say, oh, shit, we're back in real time. Yeah. And and then 
Celine's like, I know, I hate that. Because I, I think yeah. Jesse mentions like his 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 dog that he's he's like, oh, I'm looking yeah. forward to going back seeing my dog. He's staying with my friend Ryan. Oh, you have a dog? Oh yeah, I love dogs. Uh, and then and then they both realize, well, she's never gonna meet his dog. Right. You know. Yeah. And uh. it's like yeah, and and then they like because it's their only move. They they pick up right where they left off. Yeah. They, they hear the harpsichord music and they go over and they like, oh, let's check this out. And they're gonna have a nice, an amazing poetic conversation about listening to you know like. So someone playing a beautiful, uh, you know, Viennese music. Yeah, and um, as it's playing, they're like outside on the street, and they look at each other, and, and Ethan Hawke says, "I'm." He grabs her shoulders and is like, "I'm going to take your picture." <laughs> so they're just going to stare at each other, right? And yeah, memorize yes. your face, and they do that for a few seconds, and then they kiss, they hug, they embrace, and. As if they don't want to let go right. either. It's they know this is it. Like this is it. It's over. And like th- there, there's an intimate moment that happens right after this when they go to the train station and you see them carrying the same like valise. Yeah, they're they're each holding a handle. Um, like that to me, it, it's it's even better than holding hands. It's, yeah. it's like they 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 can't let go of something, and it's like this is the relationship. Th- this thing right. that they're carrying. And- and you they know. both have an equal share yeah. in holding it together. Right. Yeah. Right. That's pretty awesome, heavy shit. Awesome symbolism right there, Absolutely, dude. Absolutely, yeah. Um and there's a funny moment too. They're like laying by the fountain again, also, I think, for a moment. Oh, that's right, yes. And yes. they're talking about stuff. And I think right at the end of the scene that the, the shots kind of wide out again and you hear I think it's Celine say, Hey, we never went to those guys play <laughs> <laughs> with the cow. <laughs> Which is really funny because traditional movie making tells you if you introduce something <laughs> yes. in the first act, it's got to be used by the third act, yes, right? Right. The the gun, quote unquote. <laughs> so we hear about this play with the cow and it, they make a big to do about it actually in they the scene. They spent like three minutes talking about this yeah. play. And then never happens. Yeah. And I think that is emblematic of how enraptured they are with each other that everything else doesn't exist right they're just floating through time together (laughs) yes and there's nothing else around them because what if they'd gone to that play like would their relationship have taken the turns it does i i I mean you can't just sit there and not talk to somebody for two hours you know yeah right it's that would have derailed everything i could see jesse like snickering and joking about it during the play and that wouldn't end well that's true yeah he would have he would have blown everything yeah (laughs) completely yeah the the full-on asshole would have came out (laughs) at that moment that's right (laughs) but yeah whatever and it's also too like um like when i talked about jesse and the insecurity thing like celine does a great job here of neutralizing whatever insecurity he had by talking about how everything he said about you know like getting to know someone and like getting sick of them. She says, I think that that would make me really fall in love. If I, if I could anticipate everything they were going to say and I knew what shirt they were going to wear and what story they'd tell and for what occasion. And I, and you're like, I mean, that's what you want to hear. You know, someone so well, so intimately that, Oh man. Yeah. It's it's so good. Yeah. You don't find them annoying even after all that time. Right. You know, that's really something. Right. Yeah. Um, and now it's going to end, Dave. They're yeah. at the train station, and their body language is completely different because they they can see the train. Yes. Like, this is the end. 
And they look physically spent. Oh, yeah. I mean, they've been awake for 24 hours, probably. Yes. And walking for 12 hours. <laughs> you That's know? true. I, I hadn't thought about walking for 12 hours. You're right. <laughs> that would tire you out. On, like, old cobblestone streets Oh, my and God, stuff, man. yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. And he's wearing those Chuck Taylors. Yes. And she's got those, like, baby doll. Yeah, uh, man. You know, oh, it, those, yeah. Terrible. Those feet are sore. Exactly. Um, the hearts aren't the only thing broken. Those <laughs> yes. toes and those heels, <laughs> exactly. man. Yeah, they're done. <laughs> um, but no, they're physically, they look exhausted, like you said. Yeah. They're visibly, like, shaking. And their faces are, I don't know how to describe it. They're, they're unsure. They're, they're desperate. They're, they're nervous. Desperation is yeah. the perfect way to describe it. They're standing. There's no turning back. This right. is it. They're breathing heavily, and they both like finally say, "I don't want to do this. I want to see each other again." I know. And they're both like, "Oh, thank God, me too." Yeah. You know? <laughs> <laughs> well, what do you want to do? How, how are we gonna do this? You They've know? got less than a minute to right. figure out the next time they're gonna meet. Yes. And they live halfway around the world from each other. And and it's my the funniest Ethan Hawke moment is when like Julie uh, like uh, Julie Delby's like what well, how about uh, we meet back here in five years he's like five years okay well five years that's a, that's a long time right and <laughs> yeah. then five years she's like, okay well uh, six months you know and, yeah right uh, how about one month <laughs> yeah right she's <laughs> like one month <laughs> six months <laughs> yeah and um, they agree to six months they're gonna meet back and they're like wait wait six months from last night or from today <laughs> like, yeah they have yeah, to specify it's important yeah. right. <laughs> It's a good note. You got to figure that out. Exactly. Um, but they do. And then uh, they kiss, say goodbye. And Celine gets on the train and uh, that's it. And she doesn't like, look back. She doesn't look back. Um, and D- Jesse doesn't look back as he walks away either. Right. Does he, he? he just like brushes his hand on the train. Yeah. And he, he's like, you know, um, he's looking up at the train, I think, trying to find her. Yeah. But like, you know, she's. She's, she doesn't want to like yeah. you know, ruin the moment. I you think know? she's even on the other side of the train. Yeah, probably. she is. Um, she's on the other side. Um, yeah. And he walks out of the station and he's got to head for his flight right. back to the States. And she's on the train going to Paris. And he gets on a bus and he's looking out the window. Um, and it shows a bunch of, it's almost a montage of all the places that they visited throughout the night yes and it shows it in the harsh light of the morning yes you see the statue and you see the ferris wheel you see the bar you see where they were in the park the bottle of wine is sitting there with the two glasses they littered of course uh-huh <laughs> i hadn't considered these thieves that. You're right. exactly. also littered oh my gosh yeah they but it's beautiful it shows like this is what we just went through the events and where we saw it all take place yes and then it Jesse's on the bus. He's clo- he closes his eyes after looking around a bit, and he's smiling. And you also see Celine. Then she's looking out the window of the train. She smiles a little bit, but she also closes her eyes, and she looks a little sad too. Like, yeah, Jesse looked a little sad too, but he also seemed very happy. Yeah, he seemed kind of like elated too, just like think like re thinking more about it. Yeah, and, you know, like revisiting it. They're and... reliving what just happened. Yeah, and like they're both excited for six months from now yeah i'm sure but all they're gonna think about for six months is this night <laughs> probably yeah. nothing else is going to get done and and they can't really talk to anybody about it you know because everybody's gonna think they're nuts right you can you can tell people but they're not gonna understand no and even if you try to convince them they're gonna think you're crazy exactly like you said yeah they're gonna be like dude yeah you met a stranger on a train 
and, no. and, and you're going to meet them at that spot in six months? Yeah. What, what is that? <laughs> you know, because it, it actually sounds nuts, too, when you just say it like that. Right. But, like, I mean, I, I guess if you're... I mean, you had to be there and we are Jesse and Celine. So like we, we were there. So we yeah. were, we're totally swept up in it. Like yeah. Same as they are. But, um, yeah, like telling, telling someone you work with or whatever, just making conversation, <laughs> they're not going to understand. Yeah, how was your weekend? Yeah. You know? <laughs> yeah, oh, right. well, uh, yeah, <laughs> you won't believe this. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> yeah. You can't do that, man. No. no. Um, and, and that's the film. That's it. Yes. Oh, fades uh, out. Beautiful song plays over the credits. Yes, and... "Living Life" by Kathy McCarty. Yeah, um, and I'm sure it's just because of the association with the movie. But like, I think this vocal style accurately approximates what like Celine and Jesse would sound like if they were performing together. You think so? Yeah. It just it just feels like it. I was like, yeah, I, I could see like Kathy McCarty is herself a great artist, but like I'm picturing Julie Delpy singing this song right, all yeah, the time yeah. every time I hear and it. And Ethan Hawke's playing that acoustic. Exactly. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah, I can see it. Oh, dude, 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 dude. All right. So, um, anything else, Dave? Um, yeah, just one other thing. Um, when Jesse makes the speech about being selfish and wanting to be remembered for excelling at something rather than being a great husband and father and being responsible, yeah. Um, I suddenly realized that Ethan Hawke, Julie Delpy, Kim Krasan, and Richard Linklater have that luxury. They are now immortal in some ways, and yeah. they will always be remembered. That's true. Um, which is, I don't know if they realized it in the moment, um, but like them just vocalizing it was just a part in a movie. But like, no, th- there's a document now of of them forever. There's you many know? documents. Exactly. Yeah. Yes, they they will never be forgotten. And um, yeah, it's uh, yeah that that's the and, only thing, and only thing I have. They'll always be loved. Yeah, that's right. Exactly. <laughs> imagine, imagine that. What a feeling. Oh man, dude. All right. So, Dave, would you recommend this movie? Man, yeah. Um, this is just absolutely one of the best movies ever made. Yeah, everybody should see it. Yeah, it's it's downright amazing. And when I tell people about it, they're like, they just walk around and talk. <laughs> Right. Yeah, they do. Uh-huh. And it's fucking great. Yeah, exactly. I know. Watch it. Trust us. It's so good. Yes. Um, like Xavier said, he's like, this is a romantic film that even most guys like. Right. Which I don't like saying this is a guy movie, that's a girl movie. Right. But some things are marketed to certain people. But man, this is just one of the all time greatest romances in cinema history. Can you imagine if Spike TV had hired us to program <laughs> movies for guys who like <laughs> movies and we showed Before Sunrise? <laughs> I mean, yes. yes. Now we will. Exactly. That'll happen. <laughs> so anyway, that wraps things up. If you like what you heard, please subscribe to the show anywhere you get your podcast, rate it, review it. And most of all, share it. It gets more dudes listening to the dudes and you go to dudesonmovies.com and find anything you need right there. Yep. And we're on Facebook, blue sky and Instagram. Just look for dudes on movies. And our email address is dudesonmovies at gmail.com. That's right. And Dave, we have a question of the week. What's the question of the week? Uh, the question of the week is uh, what are your favorite movies that take place over a single day? All right, good one. And once again, thank you to Xavier for the recommendation. It was an awesome way to kick off Dudes on Demand for 2024. Um, next week, we have another request. It comes from Trevor. We're going to do 1979's Being There, directed by Hal Ashby and starring Peter Sellers and Shirley MacLaine. So until next week, I'm your dude, Scott. I'm your dude, Dave. And we'll see you next time. Dude.